Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. Aren't you thankful for his presence in your life? I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, even, even the, the newest baby Christian, you know, can, can partake of his presence. The newest baby Christian can hear God speak to him. Do you know that? It's not something, you know, I mean, do you think, I mean, I remember when, when Dana was pregnant with, uh, with uh, Kara, you know, our firstborn, and uh, I remember we were just so fanatical. I mean, our, our parents, especially first baby people, like, are they just fanatical as a rule, you know? But, but I remember uh, I used to play these tapes. This is going back. We had cassette tapes of, of those ones I had were of Kenneth Copeland, and he was speaking the word. And I'd play them by, by Dana's belly because I figured the baby could hear that. And my fear that kind of came up on me as we were going along with the pregnancy was that she'd get born and think Kenneth was her dad because she <laughs> knew his voice. But, you know, we worked through those issues. And, uh, all right. Got all that said before she even came. All right, John 14. <laughs> John 14. We've been in a series for a few weeks here, and we call this series Holy Spirit. And both Pastor Stephen and I have been teaching along the same lines, which is something we've never done. Has it been going okay? You know? <laughs> we, we've never done that. We talked about it when we were in California and, and, and said, let's plow ahead and do this. And I, I've been liking it, you know, because he's bringing up stuff that's, that's, you know, comes through him different, you know, and I bring up stuff that comes through me different, and I think it helps us all, and it's, it's good. It's very good. So in John 14, verse 16 and 17, Jesus said this. He said, I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. How long? Forever. He's not going away. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. You know, I remember walking around ignorant of Holy Spirit, you know, before I was a Christian, you know. And, and I, I mean, I, I knew things. I knew there was a God. I knew there was heaven and hell, probably more than some unbelievers, you know, know. But, but you know, I just didn't walk with an awareness of God at all. In fact, the only time I really prayed is if I was getting pulled over by the police. And then, let me tell you, prayers went up in, in rapid, you know, I'm telling you, I prayed and made promises and all this, and then I'd get out of it and think, Phew. Well, I guess I got through that one okay. Anyway, but, uh, you know, then I remember getting born again and realizing, wow, God is real. God is real. And, and that's not spooky or weird. That's just Christian life. And, and, and he'd speak to my heart. And Jesus said these things. He says this, you, you know, you're a Christian. You're born again. He says you're going to know him. You're going to be aware of him. He's going to dwell with you, and he will be in you. Can you say in me? That's where the Holy Spirit, he, he lives in you. He lives in me. And, and uh, we've said different things about him. And, and talking about him, the, the thing is, is the more you talk about him, the realer, he, the realer is that a word? It's a fishing term. No, um, the, more, the more real he becomes to me in my life, you know, the more I am aware of his presence, you know, when I talk about him. And, and uh, we've talked about things that, that he is and a few things that he isn't. But, you know, we could go down a list. We know this. He's our helper. He's our comforter. 
Has he ever comforted you? He's our counselor. He's our standby. What do you mean? I mean, he's standing by, waiting to help. You know, he's our strengthener. He's our advocate. Not the accuser, but he is the advocate. It means he pleads our case. He stands for what belongs to us. You know, he comes up alongside us, you know, and he roots us on. He helps us in life. He helps us. And, and one of the things, and what I want to talk about today, you know, sometimes I'm a shotgun preacher. What do you mean? I just shoot it out there and it goes all different directions, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, but I'm going to just let you in on a secret. What I'm talking about today is Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts. He'll speak to our lives. He'll give us direction. Can you say direction? It's one of the things he does is he comes and he gives us direction. He, he'll actually talk to us and lead us and guide us in all the affairs of life. Do you know that? This, again, this is not spooky. This is reality, okay? Um, let me go on this for a minute. You know, sometimes, you know, Christians have been hoodwinked. What do you mean? You mean they're not saved? No, I'm not saying they're not saved. You mean they're not good people? No, I'm not saying they're, they're, they're great people. But there's an enemy out there. There's a devil that walks to and fro throughout the earth. In James, it says, or in Peter, it says that, that he, he walks around like a roaring lion. In 1 Peter 5. It says he walks about like a roaring lion. He isn't a roaring lion, but he walks around like one. I was reading, I was Googling this the other day. And, and uh, one tactic of war is to come into, you know, a country or a city or whatever you're taking over and is to wipe out their communication systems. And by doing so, you, you put people at a disadvantage if they cannot communicate. You know, think about it. If you're a husband and wife, how well does it work to go without talking for a week? You know, it doesn't work very well at all. You know, we've, we've, had a, we've called this the year of the, the wedding because we've had so many weddings. And in doing that, you know, I find myself doing a lot of premarital counseling. And we have a, a book that we go through that covers some major points. And I can say this, that as long as I've done premarital counseling, one area that we always hit on, usually first, is communication. Communication, because if there's one thing that, you know, I found in postmarital counseling, the problem is almost probably 95% of the time because of communication breakdown. So communication is, is huge. So I, I was saying this is that, that there's thinking out there among good Christians that Holy Spirit doesn't speak to people today. Maybe you've never heard that. Hopefully not. But I'm telling you this. He does speak to you today. Some people have said, well, you know, all that Holy Spirit leading and guiding and talking to people, that was back, you know, that was back in the early church. That was when the church was first getting started and God had to do things like that just to get them going. Well, you know, I'm not a big mechanic, but, but you know, I drive a car. And, and um, I've actually bought a new car before in my life. 
And, and what I found, the first you know, thing I did when I got a new car is I went and filled it up with gas. And you know, the last car that I retired had 314,007 miles on it. It was named Eddie. We name our cars. We're kind of weird. But we put Eddie to rest. And even at 314,007 miles, Eddie still ate gas. Same kind of gas he ate when he was new. What God did in the early church, you know, isn't unique to them. It's relevant for us today. God speaks to people. He speaks to you and me. Holy Spirit speaks into people's lives. And like I, I mentioned a minute ago, he'll speak to you about all the affairs of life. You need to know this. Your life makes a difference. And, and, and the cool thing is, is, is you, you have a purpose. You and I, we all in this room, everybody listening, we have a purpose God has a plan for us. And Holy Spirit will speak things to your heart. He'll show you things. He'll show you steps to take, things to do. Now, don't get weird, okay? Can I say this? I'm not saying you need to stand in front of your closet for a half hour in the morning, ladies. No, um, men, um, you don't need to stand there and someone says, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm waiting for Holy Spirit to tell me what I should wear today. No, you don't need to do that. Well, most times you don't need to do that. <laughs> you know, I found this in, in walking through life, you know. I go about my own business and I can hear a no sometimes way quicker than I can a yes. As I'm going along through life, and sometimes it looks like I'm just minding my own business, walking through life, if I'm about to do something that is, is like, eh, that's what I hear. Eh, I get this thing in me. Like when I'm back on the, the lawnmower off the end of the truck. Eh, no, I, I, I've, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, he'll show you things. He'll show you things. You need to walk, practice walking in constant communion with him. He'll save you things. He'll save you a heartbreak. He'll save you, you know, disasters. He'll speak to you. He'll show you things to come. You know, sometimes he's told me things that, that I thought, if I, if I got too mental about it, they didn't seem to make sense. And you could question what you hear. This is, a, this is what I always ask myself when I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a word from, that's coming to my heart. I always say this to myself. Well, what would it hurt? What would it hurt? Now, if, he's, you know, if you're hearing a voice telling you to jump off a building, one, I'm telling you, that ain't the Holy Ghost. Okay? I mean, people hear weird things. You know, don't go listening to that kind of stuff. Whatever the Holy Ghost tells you, it's going to line up with the word. And whatever the Holy Ghost tells you, I mean, it's going to bring you to a place of peace and, and, and goodness, okay? But, but you know, I, I've, I hear, eh, I can hear that. Isn't that, you know, what, what are kids, you know, when kids are growing up, you know? I, I, Casey, she nannies, and, and uh, she, her, her nanny parents told her 
be real sparing with the word no because we want the baby when he hears no to go, no, like it's really something, you know? And, and <laughs> see, there's nanny parents, we're granny, nanny, and pappy. <laughs> something like that. Anyway, I don't know what they call us. But anyway, but uh, um, you know, hearing no, I can hear that. And he'll do that. He'll do that for you. Don't get all in a, in a wad is what I'm telling you about, about hearing Holy Ghost. As you're walking through lives, most times when I hear him talking to me, most times it's when I'm not even trying. You know? Most times it's like I'll pray for, you know, extended time, expecting to hear Holy Spirit show me some great thing, and I, I didn't hear nothing, but I walk away, and, you know, the next day I'm brushing my teeth, and he speaks to me, shows me great things that I need to know. He'll speak things to you primarily dealing with you. Huh. All right. Don't let that one slip you by. He, he'll speak things to you quicker than he'll speak things to you about your neighbor. Okay? Sometimes people, me included, I've done this, See, I've lived long enough that I, I, I've done a lot of dumb things, okay? And sometimes I've done this, I've expected other people to hear God for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I go to a meeting somewhere where, where you know, the prophet's there or prophetess or whatever. All right, give them a word for me. Let me tell you, if they do have a word from you, it should only confirm the word that's already inside you. Sometimes, you know, you can walk around in life and not even be aware of it, you know, you kind of, you've pushed it back so far, but then that word will come to you and it's like, yeah, I was there all the time. He'll speak things to you, dealing with you. All right, so Romans 8, 14, did I ever give that reference? It says this, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How many? Well, as many. As many. So this is not a unique thing. This is not something just for the pastor or the evangelist. This isn't something that's just for, you know, uh, uh, Benny Hinn or Kenneth Copeland or Joyce Myers. It isn't just for them. Sometimes we think this way. We think, well, of course they hear God. But it says as many, as many as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Let me flip it around. If you're a son of God, you're going to be led by the Spirit of God. He is going to speak to your life. Now, you can walk around through life with your fingers in your ear and go, la, 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 la. You know, one time, you know, we, Dan and I lived by an airport for about 11 years, I think. For 11 years. And when we first moved in to this house, I was a little concerned because I knew there was an airport by us. But it, it seemed right. It seemed like the right place for us. You know, in our hearts, we rejoiced. We said, this is it. You know, the funny thing is when we lived by the airport for 11 years, when we first lived there, I'd, I'd, I'd hear the planes going and, and they'd, you know, there's a plane going over our head. Oh, yeah, boy. But as time went on, I trained myself I, don't even hear, I didn't even hear them. Sometimes somebody would be visiting, they go, oh, there's the airport, must be nearby, right? There are airplanes coming over our heads. And I'd have to shake myself and say, yeah, they're there. You know, you can train yourself not to hear things. 
Well, I say that and say, don't harden your heart to Holy Spirit. Don't harden your heart. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tell you a story. Keep your place in Romans 8, because I, I want to finish reading these verses. They're too good not to. But there was a prophet in the Old Testament. His name was Samuel. You guys ever heard of him? Samuel, I mean, he was a wild character. You know, one, one great thing Samuel did is, is he pulled out King David and anointed him. And, and that was something. You know, in fact, I, I often look at the story when, when Samuel anointed David, and it gives me hope and peace because I respect the prophet Samuel. And I look at him as one of the, the heavies in the spirit, you know? You know what I'm saying? And when, when, he, when he was going to anoint, anoint the new king, all he knew was he was to go to Jesse's house, okay? Jesse was the dad, and Jesse had some sons. And so when Samuel, the prophet, arrived at Jesse's house, he says, could I see your boys? Something like that. Doesn't tell you exactly what he said. But they brought the boys in, and, 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 and Samuel, he goes up to the first boy, probably the oldest, I think. His name was Eliab. And, and he goes and lays hands on him to pray for him. And, and that very thing I was telling you about that, it went on with Samuel. He said, no, this isn't the one. And he goes on. He goes to the next one. And that's not it either. Down, he goes all the way down the line. To the, he gets to the last boy that Jesse had brought. And he says, man, you got any more boys here? And he goes, well, I only have one more. And he's out in the field taking care of the sheep. You know, that gives me so much insight and so much comfort to know this. You know that you're not going to miss it just because you're not in the house where the prophet is. Some people thought, well, I'm out tending the sheep. God won't even see me. How will he ever, how will he ever get what I need? Well, what God do you serve? We serve the Most High God. He knows when people are out there in the field taking care of the sheep. And so the prophet Samuel, he'd had, he'd had several of these eh kind of words come to him, like, no, this isn't it. But he gets down the line, he says, Can you, you got any more? And so he brings in David, and David was like the runt of the litter, okay? You know, he wasn't the one mentally you'd have said, there's the one. But Samuel sees this one David and it's that, it's that knowing on, on the inside. That's, it's that velvet feeling. It's that green light. It's that, yes, this is the Lord's anointed. So he prays for him. Now Samuel, again, this is who I'm talking about is Samuel. This is a side journey from my main text and a side journey from that side journey. But, but any case, anyway, going back in Samuel's life, you know, Samuel was a wanted baby. And I, I, I think his mother's name, was it Hannah? Yeah. Hannah, yeah. Hannah prayed for, for Samuel. And, and, and just, you know, said, Lord, Hannah didn't have any kids. And she says, Lord, I really, it's my heart's cry to have a child. And, and she became, you know, pregnant and, and was born, Samuel was born. And she brought Samuel to the priest whose name was Eli. And, and uh, Eli, you know, Hannah says, you know, gave him to him basically to raise him in the house of God. Now, don't you guys get any ideas about bringing me any kids? <laughs> yeah. 
what is it? Uh, arrows in the hand of a mighty man are like, uh, uh, I don't know, they fill his quiver, but, but more than two kids made my liver quiver. So I said, hey, that's it. Um, but anyway, um, she brings him to Eli, and Samuel is raised in the house by Eli. Now, Eli's own boys, you know, if you've read this, you know, they were not, you know, they weren't, they didn't turn out real well, but Samuel had a heart for God and a heart to learn. And when Samuel was very young, he was laying in bed one night, and the Lord spoke to him. And when Samuel heard this voice speaking to him, it freaked him out. And you know what he did? He ran to Eli. In this, this, this scenario, Eli is like the father figure to Samuel. And he says, he says uh, actually, he thought Eli was calling him. He said, what, what do you want? What, what, what can I do for you? And so Eli says, I, I didn't call you. I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So Samuel goes back to bed. Again, the Lord spoke to Samuel and said, Samuel. And Samuel gets up and goes to Eli and he says, what, what can I do for you, Eli? What, what do you need? And Eli says, I didn't, I didn't call you. And, and uh, the third time, again, Samuel laying in bed at night. And uh, here's a voice calling Samuel, calling his name. And, and uh, he gets up and goes to Eli. And Eli, he, finally the light comes on with Eli and says, listen. When he calls again, just say, speak, Lord, your servant hears. Let me just say this. As a young child, children learn to hear the voice of God by hearing their parents. Yeah, he's meddling again. All right, this is the truth. Children learn to hear the voice of God by learning to hear their parents. You train kids to hear your voice and obey them. And it, it puts them in a position to hear and obey God. I didn't make it that way, but God did. So the third time when Samuel said, when God spoke to Samuel and said, Samuel, he said, speak, Lord, your servant hears. And so the Lord spoke to him some things. And, and uh, I'm not going to go into the story in any great depth today. It's a good one to read. But uh, the things that he shared with Samuel, Samuel was like afraid to even utter them. But he, through a series of things, he did share what the Lord told him to, his, his, uh, to the priest Eli. And uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a tough message. But I'm, I'm saying all that to say this. You can learn to hear the voice of God. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. You can hear the voice of the living God. You can hear Holy Spirit. So in Romans 8, verse 14, we're reading here, if you all remember, we read this, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. In verse 16, it says this, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. See, that's one of the most basic things that Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts is we get born again 
And, you know, our heads may give us fits. Our heads may, you know, be carrying a, a, a load of baggage. But somewhere in our hearts, Holy Spirit speaks the message, you are a child of God. You know, I think when you're born again as a young believer, you know, that message can ring really loud and you go, yeah. Sometimes people hear God when they first get saved, but then because, because of wrong teaching, because of religious teaching, they get hardened to it. They get like me and Dana living by the airport where we don't hear the planes flying over our heads anymore. Okay, again, don't, don't harden yourself towards God's voice. You know, there's a scripture in Timothy that talks about people's hearts, conscience. It uses the word conscience, being seared as with a hot iron. You know what that, that's like? It's like uh, my dad. My dad's in heaven, but, but growing up, I used to watch my dad. He had this, I, I know there's a name for it, but he had this kind of coffee pot that was all tin, and he'd put it on the, the, the gas stove, and, and he'd make coffee in it, and I'm telling you, he'd have that thing boiling. He'd just have it boiling. And, and, and I'm a wimp. I'd try to take a sip of it, and it was like, ah! And I'd watch him. Even as a young kid, he, you know, he was a Swede. And, and you know, and, 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 and at our house, coffee was a big thing. When you go to my grandmother's mother's house, she came over on the boat from Sweden. And, and, and uh, you'd go, I don't care if it was 10 at night, grandma would pull out coffee. Oh, she, she had the thickest accent you wouldn't believe. Oh, let's have some coffee, you know, and just, she'd whip out her little Melba toast, which is really dried up old toast, but it was cool to her, and you'd have to dunk it. And, I mean, it was a big thing. So, I mean, that's how my dad grew up. But, but I'd watch him drink coffee that was so hot that, that it made me quiver. You know how he did that? Seared his throat. I'm sure a young lad taking a sip of that coffee would go, ah, I can't do that. But over time of doing it over and over again, he got there, he could just drink, just to me, just boiling hot coffee and whip it, whip it right down. Maybe that's why I didn't drink coffee until I was like 20. But um, we don't want to harden our hearts to Holy Spirit. We want to be friends. We want to be, you know, team, teammates. I'll say it that way. We want to go through life as a team. He's there to help us. He's there to speak to us, to show us things to come, to show us things that are needful for our success, to show us things that would cause us to fail. Goodness, isn't that something? Can you see why the enemy would come and try to, to distort or he'd come and try to, try to make us think, oh, we can't, that's too weird, walking around, listening to the Holy Ghost. It isn't weird. It isn't weird. It's, it's, it's natural Christian life. All right. You guys, I'm, I'm getting pulled in so many different directions here, it's hard to follow my notes, but, but it's okay. In Ephesians 5, uh, 17... Paul just said this, he said, don't, therefore don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So God wants you. God is not trying to keep his will 
from you. He's not trying to keep his plan away from you. It's not like he's got it behind the curtain going, oh, don't look behind here. No, he's trying to get it to you. In fact, it says here in Ephesians, he says, don't be unwise, but understand what God's will is. Now again, I've got to clarify, don't think again that you're going to stand here and say, what's your will, Lord? And now you're going to know everything from now till Jesus comes. No, but he'll show you things. He'll show you glimpses of the future and he'll show you light for your path. And he'll show you the steps that you need to take now, tomorrow, and the next day. Okay? In John 10, in verses 3, 3 and 5, it, Jesus, the subject he's talking about here is the great shepherd. And, you know, this is a great passage of scripture, John 10. I love John 10. And, uh, but what I want to read to you here, Jesus said this. He says, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. That's the line that, that stood out to me. Sheep hear his voice. Sheep, how many sheep do we have? Say, bah. No, anyway, you don't, you can. But uh, we, thing about sheep is this, is we hear his voice. Sheep hear his voice. It's natural that sheep hear the great shepherd's voice. He says this, he says, and, and he brings out his own sheep and he goes before them, and sheep follow him for they know his voice, yet they'll by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they don't know the voice of strangers. So don't get all worried about following God. I think that's what hinders us sometimes as we make it too hard or we get worried, what if I hear the wrong voice? Here's the thing. If you're listening to the wrong voice, shepherds are so good, Holy Ghost is so good, he'll come and tell you you're listening to the wrong voice. You'll say, come on, get in the fold. Do you recognize it? All right, we're talking about hearing Holy Spirit. We're talking about him speaking to our lives, giving us direction. And, and uh, he'll make things plain to us. Proverbs 3, I can't not read this. I remember reading this for the first time as a Christian, sitting down in the basement, reading my Bible, and I read this verse, and, and I thought, man, that's so, is that real? Is that really in the Bible? I actually called up this guy I'd met at, at the church I was, one of the churches I'd tried going to, because I tried every church in town before I went to the church I was going to go to, but I called this guy up, I says, you ever read this verse in Proverbs chapter 3? And he goes, and he'd been saved, he was an old timer, he'd been saved for a couple years, so he knew everything. And, and I, he says, oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I said, you know, I said, wow. I was just verifying that I didn't get a misprint. You know, that, that this was really in the Bible. But it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Wow. I remember just sitting there and revving on that going, wow, speak to me, speak to me. He speaks to you. Even as a young Christian, I remember him talking to me. I remember doing my, my job one night. I had this job I was working. I was going to school and working, and, and I was doing this job at night, and, and I was cleaning, and, and uh, that was really an interesting place. But anyway, I remember I was cleaning, and God spoke to my heart and said, go, go call up your friend. His name was John, and, 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 and tell him you want to go over to his house tonight after, after you're done working and pick him up. And, you know, I was like, wow. I mean, you know, he spoke these things so clear to me. He, he, he just spoke and made it real to me. 
And I did. I called him. I said, hey, can we go out, hang out tonight? And, and he did. And he got, that guy got in the car. And again, I don't know nothing. I'm a, new, I'm a newbie in the whole thing. Couldn't tell him Bible verses. Didn't have any memorized. You know, what's my excuse? So I pick him up and he gets in the car and, and we drive away and, and I'll tell you the whole story. He lit up a joint right away. You know why? Because that's what we all did back then. And, and, and uh, right while he's smoking a joint, I told him how I'd gotten born again. So I told him the gospel. And, you know, I took him home and, 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 and afterwards and told him my, all my, my events, my adventures. And, and, and uh, the next week he called me up. And he says, can I come, come visit you? And I said, yeah. And he came over and we prayed at the kitchen table and he accepted Christ. You know? And you say, well, what, what's he doing now? You know, he's living for God. He's living for God. He lives in another state, but we talk, you know, routinely and, and uh, he, he's, he's on fire for God. Wow. So Holy Ghost will speak things to you. He'll show you things. He'll show you things. You know, when the disciples walked with Jesus, you know, that was what it was all about. They got to know him. They knew, recognized his voice. And when he'd speak to them, they'd obey him. And, and they'd go out. And, and sometimes their head said, what are you telling me to do? But they knew him and they trusted him. So they went out and did it. So, you know, uh, I'll give you a couple examples. I'm not gonna, I'll give you a reference. In Luke 5, there's a story. It's the classic. Most people have heard this one. But Jesus was preaching, and, and he was looking for a way to amplify his voice to the crowd that had assembled. And he saw this boat, and he said, could I get in that boat? And he gets out, and he goes a little bit from shore, and he preaches to the people on the shore. And, and when he's done, he, he, he brings the boat back, and, and, and the guy whose boat it was was this guy named Simon Peter. And so Jesus speaks to Peter and he says, now, now listen, take this boat and launch out into the deep and you're going to catch some fish. Now, you know, here's the deal is, is Peter was a professional fisherman and Jesus was a carpenter. Now, how come a carpenter is telling a fisherman what to do, how to do his business? And, and Peter said, listen, his first thing happened is his head went tilt and says, I don't know. He said, he said I fished all night and I caught nothing. But then he said this, he had a wake-up moment. He says, nevertheless, at your word, I'll launch out. And he launched out in the deep, he let down the net and he caught so many fish that, that, that he, he had to call his buddies to, to, to bring in their boats to carry the load to shore. And you know, when he gets those fish to shore, you know what that is? That is money in his pocket because he is a fisherman. So Jesus pays his bills. All right, so then again, uh, another time, there's a great multitude surrounding Jesus and hearing his words and listening to him preach and pray for the sick, I'm sure, and all this kind of stuff. And, and the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, he says, they say, there's a, there's a bunch of people here and they are hungry. How many people were there? There was 5,000 men plus women and children. So conservatively, you know, there's 20,000 people there. That's an arena full. They say, well, the concession stands are gone. What are we going to do? There's no food in the place. And Jesus said, feed the people. I mean, don't you want to go, feed the people? <sighs> and then as the story goes on, you'll find this in different gospels, but, but the one I'm, I was referring to, let me give you the reference, was uh, 
in Mark 6. Was that the one? Yeah, Mark 6. But anyway, and, and what happens is he, he tells them to set them down into groups. And he says, how much food do we got here? And he said, they say, well, a couple of fish and some loaves of bread. And, and, and I mean, like two fish and, and five loaves, I think it was. And, and so he, they have them all sit down and he says, okay, distribute the food. I mean, how crazy is that? But they learn to recognize his voice. They learn to trust his voice. They learned to obey it. And when they did, the miracles happened. Another place was in Luke 19. This was towards the end of Jesus' ministry. And, and, and uh, it says that he sent two disciples to go to the other side of town. And they, he says, them very specific. He says, listen, when you get to the other side of town, you're going to find a colt tied up there that no man has ever rode on. And just take that colt, a colt, you know, a baby donkey or whatever. Uh, take that colt and untie it and bring it to me. You know, in my head, I'd be thinking, you know, someone thinking, I'm stealing this thing, or what's going on? But they said, then Jesus said to him, he says, listen, if anybody says anything to you, just say this, say, the master has need of this cult. <sighs> wow, really? But again, they learned to recognize his voice, they learned to trust his voice, and they learned to obey it. And it opens the door for God power. I remember one time, one time I, when I lived in Haiti, and, and uh, you know, it was a different day. Things were different back then, and the needs were different. But, but we lived in this house, and some of you have been to the house. And we didn't have any phones. We had, I think we had one phone. And uh, it was, phones were a big thing. And there were one of the items, and you'll find this in different countries, sometimes there's just things that you cannot bring across the border. And phones were one of those things in Haiti. You had to go through proper procedures. They wanted to sell you the phone from the island, basically. And, and uh, so we had teams coming down a lot, and so we'd always send a, a list back for people to, uh, you know, what we'd like them to bring, like peanut butter and stuff like that, bring that. And, and I remember we put on a list that we wanted phones. And, and uh, you say, well, you thought you couldn't bring them in. Well, you're not supposed to. But... We wanted some phones. And so we had a team come, and, and they actually had seven phones in a big um, duffel bag. And I, I had worked with the, the airport guards enough that usually if I came at the right time, I could get into the, you know, back in the TSA, it would, they'd call it that today, in that area when teams would come. And I'd, I like to meet the teams right when they got off the plane. You know, the little guy playing the guitar, and then there's me. And I said, hey, welcome. And so I met this team, and we, we had to go through the customs area and, and uh, immigration and customs. And we got up to the customs area, and they had these big tables in the room. And sometimes they'd let you just go through without ever checking, but sometimes they got, you know, where they wanted to check through things. And so the guy that had the duffel bag with the seven phones in it, of course, they wanted to go through that bag. And, and so I was with them. And the, the guard came up, and I'm telling you, everyone carries a machine gun, too, you know. They just come up, they got a machine gun, that's just normal. And he says, well, you got phones, you can't bring them in. And I looked at the guy, I looked him in the eye, and I said, hey, I am a missionary in your country. And I said, the Lord has need of those phones. And, and he looked at me, and he said, tell you what. He said, I'm going to take them away, because if I don't, everybody's going to wonder what I'm doing but you meet me outside the back door and I'll give you them phones. And, and so he, he snuck them through for me. He brought them to the other side. 
And there we were, like doing a drug deal in, behind the airport. <laughs> he brings me my bag of phones and says, here, here, God bless you. Hey, you know, you, you know they, they learned to follow his voice. And it brought results to them. As we, I won't read you a lot of reference, but in, in Acts, you'll find this. One time Peter was up on the housetop, you know, and, and, and he had a vision. And immediately after that, it says that the Holy Spirit said to Peter, get up from this place. There's men that are coming to get you. Go with them. Don't doubt anything. Go there and bring them the gospel. Another time, uh, the, the disciples, the apostles were, were praying and, and the Holy Spirit, it says this, it says it just plain. It says the Holy Spirit said to them, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for, or Paul, for the, the, the mission, the ministry that I've called them to. He spoke things to them. So I, I was looking at it, and I just saw this, how that the disciples were, they had a unique life. They lived in a time when Jesus walked the earth with them under the old covenant, but then they transitioned from that time where they heard Jesus. Jesus had died, rose from the dead, gone up into heaven, and now they're living in a day where Holy Spirit is there. But they learned, just like they learned to follow Jesus' voice, they learned how to tap in and hear Holy Spirit and get direction. We live in that day. One more verse, maybe, I'll close. John 16, 13, Jesus said this again. He said, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of his, on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak. And he will tell you things to come. What's he going to do? He's going to tell you things to come. So the Holy Spirit, he does this. He takes the word of God and he illuminates it to us. I get so much more reading the Bible, you know, since I've been a Christian. I mean, I, I read it occasionally before I was saved, and I got confused, you know? I, I, I thought the vision in Ezekiel was Martians that came to Elmwood and was leading us to their, taking us to their leader or something. That's what I thought. But then you read it with the Holy Spirit, and he, he says, wow. I'm enforcing this stuff in your life. But Jesus says he does that, but then also he does this. He, he shows you things to come. We don't need to live in the dark. We live in the light. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.